Hello, and welcome to Teacher Tales, a podcast from the spirit of teaching. This is your host, Linda Markley, and I invite you to join me and my guests as we get curious, explore, discover, and learn more about what is really at the heart of teaching. In each episode, we will hear the story of a teacher, what called them to teach, what are their greatest joys and challenges in teaching, what inspires them, and what are their hopes, dreams, and vision for the education of children. We will learn more about the greatest lessons they have taught and also the greatest lessons they have learned. No checklists, no standards, no reports, no paperwork, and no data. Just stories from their hearts to our hearts on a journey to celebrate what really matters in the true spirit of teaching. Hi, today my guest on Teacher Tales is Annie. Annie, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, uh, well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And um, I'm Annie Neary and I teach at West Shore Junior Senior High School in Florida. And um, I've been teaching for more than 35 years, I think right now, I've lost count. And um, I've been teaching, the lowest grade I've taught is fifth grade. I've taught middle school math and science. And then um, with my job at West Shore, I've been teaching from seventh through 12th grade, um, geometry honors, algebra, and AP Calculus AB and AP Calculus BC. I'm also the chairman of the math department. I've had that job for, I think about 16 years now, 15 years. And um, so I do get involved with some of the district uh, and, and state um, trainings and textbook adoptions and things like that. And I've worked with Linda for a long time. So thank you for inviting me. It's a great oh, So happy uh, to have you here. Because <laughs> we have a couple, we're going to talk about some things that I haven't had an opportunity to talk about in any of the other podcasts and that's math and the importance of math <laughs> and how do you get kids to, you know, embrace math and have a hundred percent pass rate on the AP calculus exam <laughs> every year. Everyone, did you hear? No, that's not every year, but I try. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been most every year. So that's an amazing feat right there because it's the hardest AP exam and it, it's an amazing feat. And then also um, you started your teaching journey in the Philippines because you were born in the Philippines and went to school there. So can you tell us a little bit about that too? Well, I grew up in the Philippines. I was born in the Philippines and grew up in the Philippines. And math has always been my favorite subject, even in elementary school. Um, I think I had the knack for it. and um, in high school, I got accepted to something like a magnet program here in the States. Um, I went to the Manila Science High School. And then from there, I had wanted to go into a math major. I wanted to go into statistics. So I already got accepted to the University of the Philippines. And uh, my friends and I were you know, in this um, statistics program. And then I got a call from the Philippine Normal College, which is Philippine Normal University now. Uh, that's a teacher training institution. And uh, they offered me a scholarship sponsored by our National Science Development Board 
Um, the program was meant to develop math and science teachers because we did have a shortage of math and science teachers in the Philippines. So I decided, you know, if I'm getting a full ride and it's much closer to home, the campus would have been just a 30 minute travel instead of the one hour travel, I would have to commute every day to the University of the Philippines. I decided to take it because I also wanted to help my parents out financially. And so I went through the program for four years and um, right after graduation, uh, I was hired by the university to teach in the lab school and some college classes also. And uh, so I taught there for a few years. And then when I got married, we moved to Guam. My husband is Filipino, but he grew up on Guam already. So I, we moved there and I taught at a, a first a Catholic girls high school. And then I went to, I finally taught at a public school too. Um, so teaching in a, you know, on Guam was kind of like a culture shock for me because, again, the kids were just different. The kids here in Guam and in the states are just more open to express their feelings or ask you questions and stuff like that, which I wasn't used to then. But it took me a while, and I, I kind of adjusted to that too. And then we decided to move to Florida in 1990. So here in Florida, I taught at uh, two private schools, uh, middle school math and science. And then uh, I joined the Brevard Public Schools um, in 2000 and taught at uh, Satellite High School and now at West Shore after that, after a year I moved to West Shore and that's been my happy place. <laughs> so it's been a great journey. Um, it's been, you know, a lot of challenges adjusting to cultural differences, uh, adjusting to, you know, the way I talk had to be an issue. So I, I had to learn how to speak, hopefully without an accent right now, if you can understand me better. Um, and, uh, but definitely my, my main focus through all those years of developing into who I am now is my main goal is to share my love for math with students and uh, teach them and get, give them a good foundation so when they go to college, they'll be successful. And so far, I think I've been successful at doing that because my kids still come back and thank me. You know, they come back from first semester of Calc in college and they would say, oh, it was so easy, Mrs. Neary. I couldn't have, a, I, even if I didn't attend the class, I would have gotten an A and that kind of stuff. So that's the biggest reward for me is um, seeing them be more successful, seeing them pursue their college goals. And now I, you know, I can see them being very, very um, successful in their own careers, definitely. And, and some of them have gone into teaching too, which is great. You know, that's, that's something that we want to develop. It's a love for math and a love for teaching. So I'm sure, because I've heard many people ask you, like, what's your secret sauce? What do you, what do, you do to get those kids motivated doing math? You know, especially now online, you know, and we're in the pandemic and you're trying to get kids to, to stay motivated uh, and, you know, love calculus and you're on a semester block scheduling so they're not going to take their AP calc exam until you know May 
and it's there are a lot of challenges there on top of just math the subject that always gets a bad rap among all the <laughs> well the first thing i tell them on day one of my classes is um in this class you're not just going to learn math you're going to learn work ethic you're learning discipline and perseverance <laughs> because again not everything is easy or maybe they had come from a math class where everything just came in easily. But especially with calculus, um, you know, it can be, it's a, it's a different approach teaching it. And um, they will be, they will have word problems. They will have applications. And it's not always just, okay, I memorize this. It, this will be fine. So definitely I tell them it's a process. And sometimes I would tell them it's like a sport. You know, if you play basketball or soccer or whatever, you have to practice to be good at it. And that's where the homework comes in. <laughs> so hopefully with that, you know, comparing it that way, then they can see that they have to, you know, put in a lot of effort to be successful. And of course it happens that they, they start off with low grades, but then I would tell them, okay, I'm always available. If you, all you need to do is let me know and then we'll pick a time or you can come during office hours or after school. And uh, I can promise you, you know, you'll do well eventually. And, and, you know, and kids that do that really see a big difference because they're understanding the material much better. And so, it, you know, I, I tell them it's really, that thing it's just you just have to have that patience um, and work hard at it mm -hmm. definitely You're and that's life skills and they yes I, exactly I all, all teenagers are open to that we think they're not but they want role models and they want to be shown what they know basically what the right thing to do is yes, but yes. they need to have it modeled and they need to have someone believe in them and that's you do. And, and, and I'm very success. strict with grading their papers because, again, I have to prepare them for the free response portion of the AP exam. And I said it has to be shown a certain way. So when I show them, you know, the test or give them the test back and I, you know, I dock them points for certain things. And I said, it's like having a job. If you don't follow what your boss wants you to do, what's going to happen to you? And they would say, we get fired. I said, exactly. I said, I can't fire you. I said, but you have to do better. And I'm not going to stop bugging you until, you know, you get it right. And so they, you know, they get that. And eventually I think they realize um, I just mean well, but, you know, I have to be tough with them because that's the real world. They have certain standards that they need to meet in order to do well in college and in their career. So they might as well start now, definitely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's been, I think it's been, cause I, you know, I've had kids that have come back and say, you know, thank me. In fact, this, just this, you know, before Christmas, I got a package in my mailbox and it was a, um, a student that I thought that just graduated from college this semester at the University of Florida. And she wrote this really, really nice thank you note, thanking me for, you know, all the skills that I have taught her. And um, I thought that was just very sweet. She, I, she couldn't come and see me because, you know, of the pandemic, but she did come by to say thank you and let me know that I made a difference in her life. And I think that's, that's one of the best 
gifts students can give me is when they come back and tell me they're doing well and thanking me for what I've done. But I think it's just a matter of the, you know, at the start, it was tough. Going through me, my class was, was very tough. And I do try to make things easy, you know, happy. I think I, if the kids are happy in your class, then, you know, they'll try to do well and, and meet your goals. Uh, so usually I have this thing where, where if the whole class makes an A or a B, because they get happy faces under test papers, if they make an A or B, then I will bake for them. And, and, and they remember that. <laughs> and they will, like, I posted, um, one time I posted a picture of my brownies for Pi Day. And then one boy said, can alumni students come back and have some? <laughs> so, <laughs> those brownies and cookies make a difference in their lives and they remember it. <laughs> Which is funny because I had, I did have a journalism teacher when I was in high school and she was like that. She would bake for us. And we remember the happiest moment, you know, like when we have our high school reunions, we remember the happiest moments was being in, in our staff room, uh, journalism staff room and just enjoying those cookies and whatever she baked. So I think that's one way to get to the kids' hearts is <laughs> showing them that you care and bake for them and, and they love that. Definitely. It's a challenge right now in the pandemic, but I think it's the same thing for teachers too. I mean, I remember all of the, the, you know, the holiday parties or we would do a different, uh, with the language department, we would do a different country each month or culture or whatever. And we would have the food all around that theme in that country and everybody would be interested and wanting to learn more about it. Food brings people together and it does warm the heart. It makes it, it's a great motivator, but it's also a great, <laughs> a great way to learn from each other. And uh, so, and then speaking of that, uh, we had cultural festivals as well. And you're a big part of that success with that because we wanted to raise awareness of the diversity in the school and that, all of the kids were not from the same cultural backgrounds. And so you wanna talk a little bit about that and how important it is for teachers to be aware about that and to uh, acknowledge it and, and respect it and appreciate. I think so. It's very important uh, for the kids to understand that not, you know, we have cultural differences and, um, I would just say for the Asians, <laughs> because I'm an Asian, um, you know, some of the kids are just very like real perfectionists because they've been taught to be like that. Um, and uh, it's hard to let go. So if they don't make a hundred on my test, they'll be crying. And, and I would tell them it's okay. And then they said, I can talk to your mom or <laughs> explain to them how tough this class is. So that's definitely there. And um, I think it's nice that our Asian kids have me to see at school and that they could relate to. And they do stay, you know, really you know, connected to me a lot more. But I, you know, I, I'm glad that my AP classroom or actually any math classroom nowadays and at West Shore is, is very diverse. And uh, I think it helps that I'm, you know, I'm from a, 
you know, different culture too. So when I talk to the other parent, to the parents and the students, and they can kind of relate to me because, you know, Filipinos also have more of a Hispanic uh, background too, because they're under the Spanish uh, for about 300 years. So, you know, that's easy for me to relate to them too. And then of course I have the Asian, and of course the white and the black community, you know, it's, it's, it's good. I think the kids um, learn to work together really well. I don't think the kids see much, you know, racial differences. They probably are aware of it, but in the classroom, then I tell them, you know, we're all the same. We work together, we treat each other. And I tell them that first rule is respect for each other. So they, they know that they're not allowed to, you know, do any of the, and inappropriate things in my classroom, definitely. I know with- your... I love seeing them help each other, definitely. Uh -huh. That's something, which is what, something that I miss right now with the being in the pandemic situation. I have students in the classroom and I have students at home. And as much as it used to be my AP classroom, they always work together. They sit close to each other and, you know, do group work and stuff. But so that's something that's not quite available this year. They still help each other out in the classroom, but they can't put their desks together. <laughs> so, so that is tough because, you know, learning calculus, I think is if they learn it themselves and teach somebody else, which is their classmates, they, they get more out of it. Uh, definitely. So that's something that I really miss doing right now in the pandemic situation. Um, but again, we're doing the best that we could and hopefully they'll still do on the AP exam. I do tutoring through Zoom sessions and I'm glad that the kids are still taking advantage of it. Uh, you know, but they're comfortable asking me questions or they'll ask me to go over stuff. And I have, um, I either will project my screen. I have a smart notebook app that I can write and you know we can work out problems together. So that's been very helpful. But I think, uh, yeah, the kids have, these kids have been just in a very, very uh, challenging position because the kids at home, I know miss their kids in class and um, vice versa. Uh, but uh, it's nice that at least they can stay together and sometimes work together you know, virtually is, is the way to do it. Nowadays. Well, you talked about before we started the podcast about the challenge you have with uh, having your blue tape around your desk and you can't really go out and walk around the classroom and get close to the kids. Uh, yeah. And um, that that's hard I've, for you. It is hard for me, yeah. Um, you know, when we... This, when the district decided that we were gonna go brick and mortar and then have students have the choice of being online or in the face-to-face -face, uh, classroom, my biggest concern was I do have health issues and I am high risk um, for COVID. So I decided um, we were provided like, you know, the sneeze guards, one little one by my desk and then, um, I decided I'll put a blue tape around my corner so that, and I told the kids, I said, you know, this is my space. If you need to come and ask me a question, then just raise your hand and I'll come over. So the first week of school, of course we had to wear masks, the student wear masks in school. 
um, we had a face shield also provided for us. So I decided I was going to wear the mask and the face shield. But it was just like so hard to breathe <laughs> teaching with those two. So then I decided, okay, um, you know, I'll just take the risk and I, I would just wear the mask. And um, so that, that was tough. And so what I do is um, I have kids that are online through Google Meet that I have by my laptop. And then I have the students in, in the classroom and we tried to, you know, I made them pick their seats. So they're far away from each other too, as much as we can. Um, and then when they have questions, I would still come over to where they are on, if they're in, in school and uh, walk around and look at their work. If they ask me what's wrong with my work, Mrs. Mary, then I can see, I can tell them where they went wrong and stuff. Uh, so that's, but it, it's not like before where I would, the, when I'm teaching the whole class period, I'm walking around all the time with the kids. So I, I do miss that. Um, being closer to them uh, physically. And of course, the kids at home, it's tough because sometimes they will not ask questions, but uh, some would, or uh, they're not always very comfortable speaking. So they will ask questions through the chat. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then sometimes when I don't see what's going on in the chat, then they will just say, Mrs. Neary, um, you know, can you answer this or go back and, and do this? Well, the funny one is always, I would present, I forget to, to click the present button. And then they would say, Mrs. Neary, we don't see anything so shyly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said, oh, thank you. Thank you for reminding me. So it's a lot. Till now I still it. do it. And you were talking about grading papers. I don't think people understand. They think teachers are having a heyday if they're teaching online, <laughs> that it's just like they're just taking a break and on vacation. But delivering the material, like you said, is, is challenging. The technology doesn't always work and can be challenging. Uh, you know, getting the kids online and participating and motivated is challenging. But then how do you give them the papers and you have to put everything up into the, you know, the Google uh, drive and you have, yes. you can't just copy a page out of a workbook or out of the book or whatever. And you have to check yes, their work. Talk that about part has their been, work. Yes. That part has been challenging. So we use um, the Google classroom um, platform to provide online instruction we do, I, I teach the class synchronized. So I'm teaching my students in the classroom and then I go on Google Meet and the students at home can see everything that's going on with the lesson. Uh, as I've said, I, sh I use Smart Notebook for my notes when I we go over the notes in class. Now for their assignments, um, they have to upload their work on Google Classroom. And uh, so, what I do is we have this app called Cami that I can open whatever PDF file they've turned in. I can open with Cami and I can kind of grade their papers with my slate as, as I would be doing paper and pen. So I still use a red, <laughs> red pen <laughs> color. And then I can mark their papers. I can tell them where they went wrong. So I, you know, I still go through everything that I would do grading a normal paper, but this time I use my slate and my 
um, and the, the app to, to do it. So when they get their papers back, when they open it with that app, that they can see exactly where they, so they don't have to ask me, why did I get points off on this? Because then I can easily do it that way. When we first started, I would just post on the comment, okay, minus two on this one. But then of course they would say, why did I get points off for this problem? So now with the Cami app, it's been wonderful. It's just more time consuming, definitely. Um, so it's, you know, grading papers has been a challenge definitely in, in the pandemic. Um, and it's tough because you wanna give immediate feedback to the kids, but you know, it's, just to be able to do that is, is definitely time consuming. Yep. But you are a very dedicated teacher and the kids know that and they oh, love you. you and respect you and they do come back and they, they tell you what an impact you've had on their lives. And it, you told, yeah. told me a little story about uh, your high school class and your college class having reunions through Zoom and teachers being invited to come in and, you know, that whole special bond and relationship that was established in high school or in college and how much those teachers meant to you and how much you meant to them. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, we just had a high school Zoom reunion this past weekend, and we invited our teachers to join that we know are still alive. They're in their late 70s right now. So three of them actually joined us, uh, two math teachers and a chemistry teacher. And, uh, you know, go, looking back at high school, high school was very memorable for me not just because of my classmates, but because of those special relationships with our teachers. And for them to actually make an effort to join us was just wonderful. So, you know, that kind, that inspires me. And I think maybe my style of teaching, I've kind of picked up from my experience in high school, definitely. Uh, I think that relationship piece is, is very, very important. And then, of course, in my college group, we also did a high school, uh, a college Zoom reunion. And one of my um, classmates is now a professor at the University of the Philippines. And she's uh, the director of this science math teaching program. And so she asked me if I would uh, give a talk to her students, uh, which was virtual too. Um, and just to give some inspiration that, you know, things will get better and there is, joy in teaching. So I, I did a Zoom session with them at like four o'clock in the morning here, uh, Eastern time. <laughs> it was afternoon in the Philippines. And it was nice to, to see that the, um, the future teachers would still get something out of what I shared with them through my journey in education. Uh, so definitely it, it's, um, that's something I always want to do is to give back somehow to the community to, you know, I've actually gone one time to the Philippines too for a summer trip and I did a training for my uh, high school, the math teachers in, in my high school before. So I, I, I've been doing that uh, when I can because it, um, you know, it's nice to be able to share what I can share with them from all these experiences that I've had, definitely. And the joy of teaching again. I, I stay in this profession. It's not for the money, definitely. 
but it's for um, because I I love seeing the kids grow and mature and develop actually um, their math uh, skills and um, you know move on to being doing well in college. Uh, you know I've I've had students that have gone to the Ivy League schools. I've got students now who are working for Facebook or Google, you know, big companies, Amazon, Microsoft, name it. <laughs> so I think that's that's the biggest reward is to see them being successful in their own fields because of something that I've taught them when they were in, in high school or middle school, definitely. But also those bigger lessons, like you said, the relationship piece, and that's the impact that you have, and you're teaching them life lessons, like perseverance, and hard yes. work, and stick with it, and uh, find a way to motivate yourself, find a way to figure it out, um, that sort of that thing. Is, that, that's the main thing is, you know, math is tough, because it's not always just, okay, you memorize stuff, and you'll do well, or you read you know, you read stuff and you'll do a reading a math book is, is different. I always tell the kids when you read a math book, you have to have paper and pencil with you <laughs> because you have to follow through solving. Otherwise, it will not click. Definitely. And the other thing is what you learn from a previous course, like even my kids in geometry, they need their algebra, which they took the year before to be able to do well. So it builds up on all their basic foundation from the, the previous courses, definitely. So that's, that's, that's something where they just have to pick things from, like especially in calculus, everything from algebra to geometry to trigonometry all comes together in one problem. So there is that bigger picture. But I think the beauty of it is then they appreciate everything that they've gone through, knowing that, oh, I can use all of this now. This is important. And of course, we all have a lot of applications in physics and chemistry, even economics. So they see a more, you know, a bigger picture and they don't just see, oh, it's just a math class, you know, because mm -hmm. it can relate to everything else. Definitely. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, teaching calculus, um, which I did at one time. I have to tell you, I, ha I have a math certification. <laughs> and oh, I was, yes, I was going to be a math teacher at one point way early in my career. And when I moved to New York, uh, they didn't have a full-time Spanish teacher position. So I had to teach math and I taught calculus and algebra two and geometry. And uh, it was tough. Great. The calculus part of it is, yes, it's almost like you're a master chef. You have to know what all the ingredients are that fit perfectly together for the perfect recipe and the perfect outcomes. And that, that is a skill that is, um, that is very admirable. So well, the thing I, very well. And I want, the thing that I like too is by the time I teach AB, which is the first semester in college, and then Calc, AP Calc BC is the second semester in college. By the time I have them in, in Calc BC, it's kind of like by the time they finish that course, then I know, oh, they can move on to anything else that they want. And they can even move on to stuff that I don't even remember doing anymore. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes it's funny because you know, during some, like they're doing an assignment, they'll be talking in my class, this, this year's group. 
and they'll talk about something real mathematical. <laughs> and I'm thinking like proving stuff or, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I've turned them into math nerds. <laughs> But it's it's wonderful. I love I love hearing that conversation that they're really getting into it. But problem and, solvers, and that is a key life yes. skill, and especially yes. with the, these kids coming up, where the information age. What you were saying about reading the math book, they have to have paper and pen at hand to work through and solve the problems. It's not just read it, comprehend it, and then give it back. Uh, in the same form, the information age, the kids are trained to go on the internet, copy things. Exactly. They don't, yes. it. They don't problem <laughs> solve it. They don't apply it. So I think that's a, probably one of the challenges, but also the rewards of, of math for, you know, a math teacher is that you're not in the lowest level of blooms, just getting them to comprehend things. You're working them up to that application and evaluation stage. And it's funny because sometimes, because things come so quickly to them, as you said, they can always just look up something online and then go from there and get the answer right away. And now they have to work hard at it. But I tell them, you know, it's the patience, it's the, it's that discipline that you have to keep working and, you know, be persistent. And I think, you know, that that's what helps them become more successful in college and in their careers because, you know, they kind of have developed that uh, it will get better. It will be solved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Eventually it will happen. Big Definitely. payoff, big reward for that hard work. And I think that's really what your kids have appreciated about your classes. And the other thing too is, success. you know, they just love math so much. You know, we have the math camp program, um, that we do with the seventh graders coming up to West Shore. And, and my older kids, oh my goodness, they, they love to volunteer. They will plan their summers around when I'm doing math camp so they don't miss the chance of volunteering. And it's wonderful that they can mentor the younger kids and they can, and then we have the Math Counts program uh, for middle school math. And our older kids are actually training them, you know, there's a teacher sponsor that's doing organizing the meetings and stuff, but it's our older high school kids that are doing all the training for the math competitions for our younger kids. And I think that's the beauty of it is the, the younger kids see that enthusiasm mm -hmm. and then later on they get hooked to it. And, mm -hmm. and then, then, you know, they all learn that love for math, definitely. So, um, yeah, that's this past summer we couldn't do math camp, and of course our seniors are just brokenhearted that you know they couldn't do their last summer math Aww. camp volunteer with us. But uh, you know that's that's another way that you mm -hmm. see that you know the kids just love math because they share that enthusiasm with the younger kids. Definitely, those are not words we often hear together in the same sentence with math: <laughs> enthusiasm, love, and joy. So. You are doing something right. Well done, Annie. Well done. Oh, thank so, you. <laughs> so at the end of the podcast, I just have like a little fill in the blank and there's no right or wrong answer. It's just how you feel about it. Just go with your gut, whatever you want to say. Okay. okay. So you ready for that? I guess so. <laughs> okay. So teaching is. Joy. I think, um, you know, you, I've always told this to the kids if you're in a job that you don't like to do, 
it's just going to be so terrible. I said, you, you have to, to go every day, wake up and be enthusiastic about what you're doing. And I think, you know, even if it's tough for me now, I, I, you know, I'm in my early 60s to get up in the morning, but I still look forward to going to my job, um, you know, because I want to be with the kids. The kids, being with the kids makes me happy. And of course, there's, you know, some challenging days and stressful days, and that's part of the job. But looking at the whole picture, if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, you know, I don't think I'll be good at it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I'm, I'm reaching out to the kids because they know that I care about them and I care that they learn. So I think, you know, teaching is challenging, but I think it's part of the, what brings joy to my life, definitely. And the kids know that. The kids they can tell. Do. They yep. know. They know joy when they see it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next one. Learning happens when we work together. Oh, I love that. Yep. True. As I've said, you know, that's one aspect of teaching in the pandemic that I miss. Um, I love that the kids work together. I love that they help each other. They ask questions. Um, and they try to work it out. And then if they can figure it out, then they ask me. That's usually the way it is in my classroom. Um, I do miss that they can put their desks together to, to really be in a group setting because we want to be careful with uh, COVID. But definitely, you know, that's, that's how they, they do it. That's the way they'll learn is by helping each other, by teaching each other. Um, math, of course, is sometimes tough because you have to show them how to do the things. So, you know, not really lecturing type, but we do have that whole group discussion, but then I always want them to be able to break into small groups and and work from there, definitely. All right. I want to be remembered by my students as? (laughs) The teacher that loves to bake. As I've shared with Linda, I when my kids do well in their tests, uh, it, they, they get a happy face, which is they get an A or B, they get a happy face. So my challenge is always, if the whole class gets an A or B, then they get their treat, which is either I bake cookies or brownies. And somehow that has stuck in their minds. <laughs> but I also want them to remember me as the teacher that pushed them to do better, you know, I always want them to do their best. I also want them to remember me as the teacher that has taught them not just math, but life skills, uh, good work ethic, um, patience, definitely. Being able to ask for help when you need or being able to give help when you can. Um, you know, those are things I want them to to remember me as a teacher that kind of not just touched their minds, but their hearts too. I hope that they have seen that I, I do care about them. I do love them. Um, you know, For me to, to have that good relationship with them, I think um, they know that I really care. And I, but I tell them, you know, sometimes it's gonna be tough love. And they remember that term. <laughs> <laughs> because I want them, you know, if I know that they have the ability and they're just not applying themselves, you know, I will nag them. I will bug them about it. Um, During the pandemic, I will send them text messages. (laughs) And, um, and it's, 
and I want them to be able to remember that they can always ask for help from me. Um, this year, since we had to do uh, distance learning, what I did is I created a Google Voice account and I have my a cell phone number that they can always text if they have questions because I don't want them to not there do their homework because they don't understand what they're doing. All they have to do is take a picture of the question because I tell them I don't have my books with me all the time, but I said, take a picture of the question and then send it to me. And then I would give them a hint or I would, they would ask me, what did I do wrong? Or did I do this right? And I, you know, then I can give them instant feedback and then they're not bogged down with, okay, I didn't do the rest of my assignment because I couldn't understand this one question. Now, not everybody takes advantage of that. Well, Annie, you have just summed up a lot about what the spirit of teaching is about the, you know, the heart and it's not about that math problem and whether or not they get it perfectly right, especially the first time. It's all about those life lessons and relationships and other skills. That's the importance of teaching. That's the, the gift and also the charge that every teacher has uh, to affect little human beings to, you know, grow them into wonderful, you know, functioning adult human beings definitely give back to the world in positive ways yes yes definitely I would have I had one one last story I wanted to share is I have this one boy I taught him in eighth grade in geometry honors which is like you know really accelerated for him and he was a mess it's like every time I would have to go around check homework he would open his backpack and all his stuff on the floor will just come out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then he's pull out his paper that's all crumpled up and stuff. Now, now he's in med school. <laughs> and, you know, once in a while, he sent me nice little messages on Messenger on Facebook and would tell me, Mrs. Neary, thank you so much. Uh, you know, I will, I'm, I'm where I am right now because, you know, you never gave up on me. And I think that's, that's the important thing is teachers shouldn't give up. I know it could be tough sometimes, especially for new teachers, but, uh, you know, you just have to get that all, you know, you have to be open to ask for help from veteran teachers. We're here to always help um, because we've been through it, definitely. Of course, now with the pandemic, we're all like newbies, but we still have that, you know, like people in my department, we still share what's going on with each other because we need that support. We need that, you know, we need to be told, oh, you're you're still doing your best and you're still trying your best. And and that's the thing is, you know, we have to be persistent and resilient <laughs> with all the challenges that's going through us. And just think about all the positive things. Sometimes when things get really bad, uh, I just think about, oh, okay, this student did this and this. I, you know, they give me the motivation to keep going, definitely. If you've developed that relationship with your students, it's, it's a relationship that you'll have forever with them. And thank God for social media. I still keep in touch with my former students. And yeah, it's, it's a wonderful feeling to just see how they're doing so well in their own lives, definitely. Well, it sounds like joy has been a two-way street in your classroom. Oh, yes, <laughs> so. definitely. I try. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on here. This was thank wonderful. Thank you so much, too, for inviting me. It's-